Hey everybody, we are here. Dave Therrien, Hope Radio, the Hope Club Podcast. Another opportunity to just sit around the speakers and hear the Word of God. One of the greatest activities of life, wouldn't you say? Just to sit and relax and listen to God's Word and see what God says. The amazing thing about the Word of God, it says the same thing to everybody, but everybody can walk away with something different. That the Word of God knows how to meet you right where you are. And it can give you something for your own personal life. And we all might get something different for our lives. But we're all listening to the same Word. That's incredible, isn't it? I don't know. Let's see how that works today. All right? Today we're going to be in a two-part series entitled, Walking with Jesus. And I believe that's the way we should look at what it means to have a relationship with God. To walk with Jesus. Now I wonder if some people see a relationship with God different ways. Some see it as a special activity on a special day. (laughs) Know what I'm talking about? Merry Christmas, Happy Easter. Special activity on a special day. Others, they might see it as stripping away everything that's enjoyable. Know anybody like that? That if you're going to walk with Jesus, you can't have any fun. You can't have any joy. You've got to give up everything that's joyful. Some people actually believe that. Some others even see having a relationship with God as inconceivable. Like, that's impossible. Like, God is up there, we're down here. You can't have a relationship with God. And they see, and they see that to be so far-fetched that, sadly, they don't even attempt it. Well, we're going to see today, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? And we do it by walking with Him by walking with Christ, okay? Now, let's talk about walking. I want to break this down and make this so simple. Walking requires four basic things. Number one, a destination, right? Where are you walking to? Secondly, there's a time frame. How long will it take you to get there? Thirdly, you need some strength, right? And then fourthly, you need Momentum. That's important too. Now, spiritually, it's the same thing. What is our destination spiritually? You know what it is? Christ likeness. That's where we're going. That's where we're walking to. We're walking toward Christ likeness to be like Him. There's a time frame. How long will it take me to get there? Well, I've got my whole earthly life to do it. And not that we'll attain it 100%, but this is what life on the planet is about. It's about walking in a way that we become like Christ. Thirdly, we need strength to do it, right? And where does that strength come from? We're going to see today. It comes from Jesus himself. And of course, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. And we require momentum. You know, you got to get going. Momentum is my activity. It gets me moving. When I'm walking, we're not conscious of this, but our momentum carries us, and it puts one foot in front of the other. 
And there's one split second when we're walking that we're off balance. And if you walked really, really slow, you would sense that moment of being off balance and you might even fall. But in a regular stride, you don't sense that off balance. But there is a point. Why? The momentum carries us through. So we're going to look at these one by one. Okay? Walking with Jesus. Number one, the destination. Our spiritual destination, like I said, is to arrive at Christ-likeness. It's a place in life where we are less like ourselves and more like Him. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. I would love to be less like me and more like Him. That's for sure. So Christ-likeness, what does it mean? Like Christ. Okay? Now, I love this scripture in Acts chapter 4, in verse 13. As they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. These guys are preaching up a storm, right? But they never went to Bible school. They never studied under the great rabbis. But yet the people, they're saying, hey, wait, these guys are, they're uneducated, but they were amazed. And they say they were amazed because where did these guys get this knowledge? And then they said, oh, they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. That hanging around with Jesus for three years contributed to their Christ-likeness, and it gave them boldness and power confidence and wisdom. So think about it. Confidence from walking with Christ gives relevance to our relationship with God. That's when it becomes real. How many people have a superficial relationship with God? You know, it's superficial. It's not real. There's no substance to it. Maybe it's based on rote ritualism. Maybe it's based on superstition. But is it real? You know it's real when it becomes relevant. It's part of your day-to-day life, your day-to-day routine. So it makes sense to walk with Jesus because when you walk with him, it affects your personal life. Wherever you go, you have a particular destination in mind, unless you're at a motorcycle. Then you just go out for a ride, no particular goal. You just want to ride smell the outside, catch some wind, boom, that's it. But most people have a destination when they get out and they go somewhere, okay? So that's the destination, Christ-likeness. Secondly, there's a time frame. You know, how long will I be out walking with Jesus? Well, we like to have scriptural support for everything we say. And in Psalm 39, verse 4, it says, O Lord, Make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. So the psalmist knows, could be David, he knows that he's got a limited time. He's not going to be forever on this earth in this physical body. So we ask God to make him mindful of the the frailty of life, the fragility of life. Okay? He said in verse 5, Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. What's a handbreadth? 
A handbreadth is the width of the palm, excluding the fingers. In other words, it's not that big. You've made my day something small. That's what you've done. In my lifetime, my whole life, it's really nothing before you because you're eternal. And I'm just a vapor. Even Jesus said, you know, we're just, our, our life is but a vapor. Behold the, the, the lilies of the field. One day they're beautiful. The next day they're dried up and thrown on the fire. I think it was James that said, our, our life is like a vapor, a puff of smoke, and before you know it, it's gone. So that's, the psalmist is saying, I know I'm on borrowed time. I have a shortness of time. So I want to use my time the best that I can. How many people say that? How many have ever said, I want to use my time the best? I know growing up without Christ, that was just the opposite. I wasted my time the best that I could. I certainly did. I wasted years of my life the best I could. And I did a good job. And I'm so thankful Christ rescued me from me. And now I'm on a different track, trying to make the most of whatever time that I have left. He said, surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Selah. Think about it. Think about the shortness of life. Think about how much time we have to walk with Jesus, to become like him. So here in David's psalm, he's crying out to God as to when his suffering will end. And he knows his life will soon pass. It's going to be over soon. In Psalm 139, verse 16, he said, and I love Psalm 139, he said, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not yet one of them. I'm like, are you kidding me? What a revelation. That David knew in God's book how many days God allotted, allotted him to live. And I wonder, in our name in the book of life, not necessarily the Lamb's book of life, but the book of life, how many days have been allotted to Dave Therian? How many days have been allotted to you? And do we want to live with a consciousness that every day there's one less? And to really make the best of what we have left. So the time frame grows shorter every day, but life on earth is the time that God has given us to reach our destination. Then thirdly, strength. We need strength to walk. And they, I guess it was David. I didn't go that far. Psalm 28, verse 7, the Lord is my strength. Now, here's somebody that realizes when I need power, I go to Jesus. He's, he's my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Now, we know as church-age Christians today, we have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us the dunamis, the dynamite of the Spirit. Back in the Old Testament, they weren't indwelt with the Spirit like we are today. The Lord was their strength. But you know, there's strength in Christ and there's strength in His Word. So the more we walk in His Word and grow in His Word, the more strength we're going to get. What do we need strength for? We need strength to keep walking. 
We need strength so we don't stumble and fall. We need strength to keep up our momentum. A lot of Christians stumble and fall because they lose their momentum. You ever notice people that run a race, they're focused. They run a 100-yard dash, right? They're focused. They're not looking left. They're not looking right. Oh, look at the people in the stands. Oh, wow, I can't believe all these people came. They don't, they're, they're looking for one thing, the finish line. That's a, they get their eye on the finish line. That's all that matters. You know why? That's why they're there. They're there. They're running for one reason, to cross the finish line and to cross it first, to beat everybody else. That's why they're there. So they don't stumble because they're focused. So why do we stumble and fall into sin? Because we lose our focus. We get distracted. We start looking around and we forget. Wait a minute. I'm walking towards something. And I forget where I'm walking toward. I'm going to get tripped up. I need the strength of Christ. He says, He is my shield. My heart trusts in Him. And I am helped. (laughs) There it is. There's the help. Remember that picture, Footprints? There's, there's two footprints walking in the beach. And then all of a sudden there's one. It's like, oh, what happened to the other person? And you know the story. The person was walking with the Lord. And the person grew tired. So the Lord picked him up and carried him. He was helped. The Lord will be there for you. But stay focused and he'll be there. In Psalm 29, 11, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. This is what he wants for us. See, along the way, along this journey, this walk, he's still there with us. We're walking, the whole point of this message is, we're walking with Jesus, and he's helping us along the way, giving us the strength, helping us to stay focused, walking the walk with us because he wants us to get there. He wants us to arrive at the destination. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Peace is that confidence. It's knowing that, you know what? I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place because I'm with the Lord. And yet, I can lose my strength. And how is it some people, they just give up? They just give up on the walk. Why? Well, Psalm 3110 says, My strength has failed because of my iniquity, and my body has wasted away. Iniquity is sin. Funny thing about sin, it promises everything, but delivers nothing. (laughs) We got to remember that. Sin promises everything, but it delivers nothing. It's a well without water. It's clouds without rain. Oh, it looks so good. It makes something look so appealing. And at the end, it's a bust. And it's corruption. So we're going to be so, we have to be wise. We have to be wise and don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. Walk by faith in who God is and what his word says. And you won't stumble. 
but people stumble and waste away. My body is wasted away. Why? Because of my sin. I thought I saw something better. I thought I saw something better than Jesus had to offer. Sound familiar? Adam and Eve in the garden? When Satan came and that serpent to tempt Eve to take the fruit, he made her think he had something better than God had to offer, and she took it. He deceived her, she believed him, she took it, and she found out, shucks, he deceived me. No one has anything better than what God has to offer. So we need to smarten up, and we need to be wise. And don't think that sin is going to put you in a good place, because it ain't. It's not. It's going to put you in a pit, and you'll be in there all by yourself. So far, in our walk with Jesus, here's what we have. A destination to become Christ-like. A time frame, my earthly life. Strength that comes from Christ. And remember, Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Remember he said that to the disciples when he sent them out? Don't worry, I'm with you. And then lastly, you know what we need? Momentum. Momentum comes from moving. It means to move about. You can't walk if you don't get off the couch. If you can't get off the chair, you got to get up and you got to start moving. The Lord knows there are many challenges to walking with him during this earthly life. The whole system of the world is against him, and therefore, it's against you. It's like walking against the tide. You ever go out on the beach and walk against the tide, walk against the waves? It's hard. They want to take you down, knock you over. That's what it's like walking in this world as a Christian. So God has given, he's given us what I call spiritual walking sticks. I like this part. Now, when people walk in this life, they are provided specific walking canes for, for, for specific purposes. There's a royal cane that royalty uses for dignity. There's a shepherd's crook right? And it's very functional. The shepherd uses it to grab onto the neck of the sheep and pull them out of the briars, or he uses the other end to poke them to get them moving, right? Nowadays, we have a fold-up cane, one that you can carry easily, and when you need it, you unfold it, and boom, there it is. People today use four-footed canes. It's a cane, but it's got four little feet at the bottom for greater stability, So the point is, there are different canes for different purposes. Now, God has given us spiritual canes for our walk. See, I like to take everyday illustrations and and spiritualize them because, you know, I think Jesus did that, right? In all of his parables, he took everyday situations and he spiritualized them. And that's how we remember them. So the spiritual canes God has provided us in our walk He's given he's given to us, especially that we would use them over rough terrain, right? Isn't that when we use a cane? When the walking is tough. David made mention of this in one of his most famous, favorite psalms. You know it. Psalm 23, verse 4. 
even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David knew that Christ being his shepherd would provide for him, would protect him, would deliver him. That's what that shepherd's staff means. So again, God has provided special canes for your difficult times of walking. For instance, during times of discouragement from something you heard, some somebody ever say something to you and it discouraged you? Here's a cane, Psalm 112, verse 7. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. There's a scripture that will get you over the rough terrain of discouragement. See, that's why the word of God is so important. We need to appropriate it, hang on to it, believe it, and apply it to our lives. That's what we need to do. Here's another cane, one when you experience heartbreak. You ever have your heart broken? Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may last for the night. Oh, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. See, that heartbreak is temporal. A shout of joy. It will follow it. God is there to give us what we need to get us over that rough terrain. How about times of feeling useless? People ever make you feel insignificant? Like you've got nothing to offer? Like you don't matter? You know, it's like you're never invited to the party. Nobody calls you. You feel all alone. Well, this scripture was said to Israel, but I think we can make it personal in principle. Okay? I'm I'm very leery of taking things God said to Israel and saying they're for everybody. But this is one that I think in principle it can apply to us. And you know it. Jeremiah 29, 11. Here you are feeling useless. And God looks you right in the eye and he says, For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for welfare. Not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. God is the encourager. He's always there to lift you up. You're walking over the rough terrain of being overwhelmed with life. Too much going on. Too many responsibilities. Too many kids. Too many bills. Too much to do. Isaiah 30, verse 15. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. See, that's the cane you want to pick up, and you walk with it, and you just be quiet, and be confident in the Lord, and He will renew you. He will strengthen you. How about those times you feel like getting even? You know, it's like, oh, that dirty rat. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them for what they did to me, what they said to me. That's rough terrain. That's dangerous terrain. So he grabbed Romans twelve nineteen. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Oh, takes it right out of our hand. Puts it right in God's hand. See what it delivers us from? 
It delivers us from making a big mistake. Okay? How about when you feel unloved? You ever feel unloved? Probably most of us have at one time or another. Maybe right now you feel unloved. Well, here's a cane for you. Grab this cane and start walking with it. Jeremiah 31.3. Here's God speaking. And he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. See, God's love is always there. It never goes away. It's always there. So walking can be joyful and yet difficult, right? Walking is a joyful thing to do, but it can be difficult at times. And when you walk through life with Jesus, he gives you help. His promises are the walking sticks that will see you through. And they will get you to your destination. They will. We can't make it on our own. But these walking sticks, these promises, will help us to get to where we're going. So be sure you have an assortment of walking sticks in your spiritual closet so they can help you to navigate the rough terrain of life. Because sometimes we are, we're on a smooth path. Ugh, sometimes we're on a rough path. Sometimes it's uphill. Sometimes it's downhill. Sometimes it's rocky. Sometimes it's grassy. We need all kinds of walking sticks. And God has given us all kinds of promises to get us through. I like this message. Sometimes I like my messages. And here's one maybe you want to share with others. You can share it at the Hope Club podcast. And it'll be something that I think kind of practical. The challenges to walking. Walking with Jesus, part one. We'll have part two next time. Walking with Jesus. Because we love to have the Word of God help us in every facet of our life. So go to the Hope Club Podcast. Let other people know about it. Maybe you want to listen again later. Get those scriptures. Write those scriptures down. Those are good verses. You know why? They came from God. God's divine prescriptions for our walk. So do that. And we'll be back next time as we walk with Jesus one more time. Part two. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget about the Hope Club. Join the Hope Club. Talk about that another time. And the Hope Club Podcast as well.